And then the author, Sheikh Islam, he moves on to the second level in here, or the edition of Sheikh Al-Azam in the small heading, Al-Martabatu Thaniya Al-Iman, Ta'rikum Iman. At the second level, the second level of the religion of Islam is, first level being Islam, the second level being Al-Iman, the level of Iman. The definition, firstly, the definition of Iman. What is Iman? The definition of Iman. And there comes the saying of the author, Shaykh al-Islam, Al-Martabatu Thaniyatu Al-Iman Wa huwa bid'un wa sab'un shu'bah Fa'a'laha qawlu la ilaha illallah Wa adnaha inatatu al-adha an al-tariq Wa al-haya'u shu'batun min al-Iman Is at the second level is Al-Iman, true faith, Iman. And it has 70 and odd branches. The highest of them is the saying of La ilaha illallah, none has the right to be worshipped except Allah. And the lowest of them is removal of that which is harmful from the path. And Al-Haya, a sense of shame, is a branch of Iman. In explanation, Shaykh Fawzan said, so Iman is more general or more inclusive than Islam. What Shaykh is indicating here is meaning that Iman has more things within it. That Islam has the five pillars, Whereas, whereas Iman, he has more, obviously, as the nation, Iman is of 17 odd branches. So Shaykh begins by saying, so Iman is more general, or is more inclusive than Islam. So every believer, every mu'min, is a Muslim. But not every Muslim is a mu'min, is a believer. Indicating that Iman is, as we just seen, the first level is Islam. Then Iman is a higher level. Iman is something higher, a higher level. So not every Muslim, not everyone who has entered into Islam, is as reached the level of Iman. Not everyone. Whereas the opposite, every every Muslim, everyone who has reached the level of Iman, then he is a Muslim. He has to be a Muslim. So Sheikh said, so every Muslim, every person of Iman, he is a Muslim. But not every Muslim is a mu'min. Person of Iman. So Iman is more general or inclusive with respect to itself. It includes more things. Iman includes more things. And it is more, but it is more specific with regard to its people. And what the Shaykh is indicating is that Iman with regard to itself as a thing is wider. Because it includes more things, 17 odd branches, whereas Islam is the five pillars. But with regard to the people, then the people of Iman are less, they are fewer than the people of Islam. Iman is something more specific and higher. Then the Shaykh defines Iman. What is Iman? He said, and al Iman, what is translated here? as true faith but as we'll see in true faith as we'll see including three things 
The Shaykh said, an iman in the language is at tasdiq to believe. At tasdiq to believe or to attest with the heart. In Arabic language, the word iman it means at tasdiq to believe something, to believe or to attest with the heart. Then he gives an evidence for that that this is the meaning of the language. He said, he the Most High said upon the tongue of the brothers of Yusuf. وَمَا أَنْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِ So Yusuf, the 12th surah, and 17. Obviously the ayah from surah Yusuf being in the context that when the brothers of Yusuf had taken Yusuf away, stolen him away, thrown him in the well, then they came back to their father with a false story, and they said, وَمَا أَنْتَ بِمُؤْمِنِ The Shaykh said, meaning, you won't believe us. You won't, be be you won't believe us. I mean, that's the language meaning, meaning it's just to believe something. I mean, when we tell you our story, you won't believe what we're saying. Then the Shaykh said, As for Iman in the legislation, in the Islamic legislative meaning of Iman, then it is, as is explained by the people of the Sunnah wal Jama'ah, Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah, it is, Iman is, Qawlun bil Lisan, wa Tiqadun bil Qalb, wa Amalun bil Jawarih, Yazid bil Ta'a, that Iman with the Ahlul Sunnah wal Jama'ah is speech of the tongue and belief of the heart and action of the limbs. It increases with obedience and it decreases through sin. This is the extremely important definition. The correct definition of Iman, this matter where so many deviant sects have gone astray. The people of the Sunnah are upon the truth with regard to this matter. That Iman is speech of the tongue, belief of the heart, and action of the limbs. It increases through obedience and it decreases through sin. Shaykh Abbasan said. And it is, with this explanation, a reality relating to the legislation. A haqiqah shara'iyah. I mean, that Iman, as we've seen, Iman has a, a meaning in Arabic language. When it's used in Arabic language terms, has a meaning. What we're dealing with here, here and now is the meaning of Iman in the Islamic legislation, in the, Islamic, in the texts of Islam. He said, it is here a reality relating to the legislation. Because the realities, and this is the point that we had before in the Lum'at, explanation of Lum'at, Lum'at al-Takad, because realities are three. Aqiqatun Lugawiyya, a reality which relates to the language. And Aqiqatun Shara'iyya, and a reality with regard to the legislation. And haqiqatun orfiyya. And a reality relating to custom, people's custom. So the explanation of Iman with this explanation is haqiqatun shara'iyya. Is a reality relating to the legislation. So Iman moves from the language meaning to the meaning in the Islamic legislation. And the reason why this is a critically important point, the side point here, then Shaykh al is making this, stressing this point, because many deviant sects, or a number of famous deviant sects, they keep the language meaning to explain what Iman is in the legislation. So whenever they find the word Iman, even in the texts of Islam, 
in the words of the scholars, they explain it just with the language meaning. They say it just means belief in the heart. And this is a mistake. This is an error and this is a mistake. And it's a serious error. So the Sheikh is pointing that out. No doubt there is a language meaning. But there is also a meaning in the legislation, which is what we've heard there. Then Sheikh Fawzan said, reiterating, so Iman is speech upon the tongue. There has to be speech and acknowledgement with the tongue and belief in the heart. The person must, when he speaks upon his tongue, be believing it in his heart. Otherwise, he will be just like the hypocrites, the munafiqeen, those who يَقُولُونَ بِأَلْسِنَتِهِمْ مَا لَيْسَ فِي قُلُوبِهِمْ Surah Al-Fatih, 48th Surah, Ayah 11. With the explanation, they say with their tongues that which is not in their hearts. And so a person who states Iman upon his tongue, he must, he must have it in his heart as well, it must be in his heart and upon his tongue. If it's just upon his tongue but not in his heart, then he'll be like the hypocrites, as occurs in that ayah. Then Shaykh Fazan said, and speech upon the tongue and belief in the heart will not suffice. Rather, there must be action upon the limbs also. Carrying out the obligatory duties is essential. And avoiding the prohibitions. So the person does the acts of obedience and he avoids the forbidden acts. All of this is from Iman. And with this definition, it comprises the whole of the deen, the whole of the religion. The Iman, let's define in that way. Iman, what does it cover? Belief of the heart, speech of the tongue, action of the limbs. Or summarized in a different way, doing all the acts of obedience to Allah and avoiding all the prohibited things. When Iman is explained in that way, of course, it comprises the whole of the religion. Because the whole of religion falls into that. Either being beliefs of the heart, speech of the tongue, or actions of the limbs. Or in another sense, all of the religion being doing actions of obedience to Allah and keeping away from that which is being forbidden. Then Sheikh said, However, these acts of obedience and these many legislated duties some of them are a part of the reality of Iman. And some of them are things which are complete, are a completion of Iman. And this is the point that the Sheikh is mentioning, and there's a side point in the refutation of the life of the Khawarij and the Mu'tazima. Sheikh is making the point here that these many duties, many acts of obedience to Allah, and many legislated duties, some of them are a part of the reality of Iman, meaning they're an essential part of Iman. Essential. Can't be done without. And some of them, some of these actual obedience and duties, some of them are matters of completion of Iman. Some of them are essential to Iman, and some of them are a completion of it. Then he said, And Iman has pillars, and it has branches, it has arakan, pillars, and it has shu'ab, it has branches. 
And the Prophet ﷺ explained them in two hadith. The pillars and branches of Iman, he explained in two hadith. He explained the pillars, the arkan of Iman in the hadith of Jibreel. And he explained the branches of Iman in the hadith of Imanu Bid'un wa Sab'una Shu'bah. That Iman is of 70 and odd branches. And that will follow insha'Allah. Then Shaykh Fawzan mentions another important point and says, And Iman and Islam, if they are mentioned together, then each of them has its own meaning. I mean, if we find a text where both of them are mentioned, Iman and Islam, an ayah or a hadith, Iman is mentioned and Islam is mentioned together. Both are mentioned in the same, no, same ayah or same hadith. They're mentioned, both. Then, in that case, each of them has a separate, specific meaning. Each with its own meaning. Obviously, as meaning in that case, Iman referring to the inner belief, the beliefs, the inner matters, and Islam referring to the outer matters. Then he said, and when only one of them is mentioned, then it enters along with the other. I mean, if we have a text which just mentions Islam, then automatically it means Iman as well. If we have a text that mentions Iman, then automatically it covers the meaning of Islam as well. So if they are mentioned together, we have a text where Iman is mentioned and also Islam is mentioned. If they are mentioned together, then in that case, Islam is explained to be the outward actions. And they are the pillars of Islam, the five pillars of Islam. And Iman, in that case, is explained to be the inward actions, which are the six pillars, and their place is the heart. And the six pillars of Iman, as will follow, Iman in Allah, Iman in His angels, is to the end. If those two, two things come together in the text, both are Islam Iman, and Islam means the outward five pillars. And Iman means the inward, the six pillars of Iman, the six pillars of belief. Iman in Allah, in His angels, in His books, in the messengers, and to the end. And all of these must be found together in the Muslim. In all the five pillars of Islam, and all the six pillars of Iman, all of them, must be found together in the Muslim. The Muslim must be one who is a believer, one who has Iman, who establishes the pillars of Islam and he establishes the pillars of Iman. He must gather all of them. He, sallallahu alayhi wa said, Al-Iman bid'un wa sab'una shu'bah Al-bid'un wa sittuna shu'bah he said, the Prophet ﷺ said, Iman is of 70 and odd branches. Or 60 and odd branches. There are two narrations. The two narrations from the Prophet ﷺ, one mentions Iman is 60 and odd branches, one mentions Iman is 70 and odd branches. In the footnote they say, Al-Bukhari reports this as hadith number 9, with the wording that it is 60. 60 and odd. And Muslim reports it as hadith number 35 with both wordings. 60 odd and 70 odd. 
از حدیث ابو هریره رضی الله عنه Then Shaykh Razan goes, goes on to explain this hadith of, of the branches of Iman. He said, he's saying, big on. He said, may 60 and odd or 70 and odd, this word odd, big on. In this number that's in between. Means 60 and something or 70 and something. This word big on, he said, big is a number between 3 and 9. So if it is said, Bid'ata Asher, ten and odd, I mean ten and, a num- and some number in between. That means a number between thirteen until nineteen. And if it is said Bid'on on its own, it means something between three and nine. It's an unstated number in that region. Bid'on is an unstated number between three and nine. But if it said Bid'ata Asher, Ten and odd is num- some unstated number between thirteen and nineteen. He said he's saying shu'aba, shu'abatan, branches. Then a shu'aba is a part of the thing. Meaning that the pillars have seventy and odd parts or sections. The pillars of Iman have seventy and odd parts or sections. He's saying, A'laha, the highest one of them. He said, meaning, the highest of these branches, the highest of the branches of Iman, is the same, La ilaha illallah. None has the right to be worshipped except Allah. It is the head of Islam, and it is the head of Iman, and it is the first pillar, and it is Madhaluddin. It is the entry point into the religion. He's saying, Adnaha, and the lowest one of them. He said, meaning, the last of them, and the least one of them. He's saying, Imatatum Ada, and Tariq, removing that which is harmful from the path. She said, meaning, removing that which is harmful from the path which is proceeded upon, path which is walked upon. And Al Ada, that which is harmful is everything which causes harm to the people whether it be thorns or rocks or filthy things or refuse everything which causes harm to the people upon their path and placing al-adha placing that which is harmful upon the path is muharram is forbidden because the path is for those who wish to walk upon it those who wish to proceed upon it and harm impedes those who want to proceed and put or puts them in danger such as stopping his car upon the road this is from harm which reminds me of an incident that happened yesterday but anyway that, such as stopping his car in, in the road this is from causing harm on other and letting water flow out from the house onto the path. This is from harm. And putting rubbish upon the pathway. This is from an other and causing harm. Whether it be upon the road, in the town, or in the countryside. Placing the rock, placing pieces of timber, placing iron, 
upon the pathways of the people, digging holes in the roads of the people. All of this is from other causing harm. So if a Muslim comes and removes this harm and clears the path of it, then this is a proof for his Iman. So placing that which is harmful upon the path is from the branches of kufr, from the branches of unbelief. And removing harm from the path is from the branches of Iman, true faith. He said, and he's saying, وَالْحَيَاءُ شُعْبَةٌ مِنَ الْإِيمَانِ And al-haya, true sense of shame, is a branch of Iman. Sheikh Al-Azan explains, al-haya, sense of shame, is a characteristic which Allah places in a person, which leads him to carry out whatever will beautify and adorn him, and which prevents him from things which will contaminate and disfigure him. And al-haya, sense of shame, which leads a person to perform that which is good, and to withhold from that which is evil, this is praiseworthy. It's a characteristic, a sense, feeling, a sense. If it leads him, the sense of shame leads him to do good things, and leads him, and keeps him away from doing evil things, then it's something praiseworthy. But as for shame or shyness, which prevents a person from doing something good, and from seeking knowledge, and from asking about things which are a problem to his understanding, then this is blameworthy haya, this is blameworthy shyness, because it is khajal, it is blameworthy embarrassment. I made the distinction between haya, is correct and true haya, that is that which leads a person to do good things, and keeps him away from doing evil things, then that's something praiseworthy and good. But if it's haya, this shame, this shame or embarrassment that prevents him from good, so just seeking knowledge, asking about what is a problem for him, seeking knowledge, then it's something blameworthy. Because this is blame, this is khajr. It's unnecessary, un- unblameworthy embarrassment. Then the Shaykh said, and the pillars of Iman are many, <coughs> as you have come to know. They are seventy and odd. And the Imam al-Bayhaqi wrote a work, a large work, in which he mentioned the Shu'abul Iman, in which he mentioned the pillars of Iman, rather in which he mentioned the branches of Iman. And it has an abridgment which has been <coughs> printed. It has an abridgment which has been printed. And the large work, as a side point, the large work of al-Bayhaqi, Shu'abul Iman, is a work in 11, 11 volumes, containing around 11,000 narrations, 11,000 hadith narrations. As for the abridgment, it's just a small, small paperback. The abridgment of Shah Abul Iman, just one small paperback. Then the Shaykh said, And from the proofs of the ulama, of the scholars, that Iman is speech upon the tongue, and belief in the heart, and action upon the limbs, is, from their proofs, for the scholars to say that, is. He's saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, in this hadith here, he's saying, أَعْلَاهَا لَا إِلَهَا إِلَّا اللَّهِ The highest of them is La ilaha illallah. None has the right to worship except Allah. The Shaykh said, this is a proof for sayings. Because this is a saying. So that's a proof that the, this is the hadith of the branches of Iman. 
So that's a proof that sayings are a part of Iman. And he's saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Adnaha Imatatul Adha and Tariq. And he's saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, removal of that which is harmful from the path. This is an action. It proves that actions are from Iman. And he's saying, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Al Hayaa Shu'batun Min Al Iman, that sense of shame is a branch of Iman. This is something in the heart. Al-Haya, sense of shame, is in the heart. Obviously it's a matter, if that person has a sense of shame in his heart, then it has an effect on his limbs. But the actual sense of shame is something in his heart. So this is a proof, as Shaykh said, that Iman is sayings upon the tongue, and belief in the heart, and action upon the limbs.